You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. The following contains spoilers for the series finale episode of Game of Thrones. Welcome to this edition of the Thrones Y'all podcast. This is episode six, and this is our final episode of the Thrones Y'all podcast. So it's a little bittersweet tonight, but we are excited and maybe not as excited, depending on who you talk to, about last night's finale, series finale of Game of Thrones. It is divided in all different kinds of ways uh, from people that are absolutely just furious at what happened to people that are actually satisfied with the ending. And then there's people that just don't care. So we are going to break (laughs) it down and talk about it. (laughs) Um, My name is Jamie. I'm your host. Our moderator, Angelica, is here to break down the details of this episode. And we have back with us Ryan and Alex. So thank you guys for coming back yeah thank oh, you so yeah. much for having us again all right let's get into it all right so first things first um i'm just going to ask everyone their initial thoughts of this episode without getting into details so who wants to start i'll go okay so uh basically i want to contact hbo i want my money back for the last two months i see no reason why i paid for uh, my my, uh, subscription at all and i'm just gonna leave it at that for now we'll dig in deeper as we go on wow okay (laughs) (laughs) you know i think i'm gonna hold on to my subscription i'll hold on to my subscription i'm still i'm still in the middle though like last episode i'm in the middle um with this one um also by the way i don't know if you guys heard but there is a game of thrones you can get you yourself a game of thrones counselor i don't know if you guys heard about this <laughs> that's like a website bark.com so you know just in case you know alex i felt your rage at you just in case you need one you know by the time we get done thank you i think i might need that <laughs> i just love the hustle that people are doing right now like the fact that somebody put that out there right like, i was yeah. like come on it's getting serious i appreciate the hustle um well i'm definitely not uh, canceling my HBO subscription as long as Insecure is yeah. on the air. Yeah, it's, it's right. <laughs> you know, like as long as Insecure is on there, I'm good. 
I, I am not as furious as many fans are. I will say I am sorely disappointed. Uh, so I had some expectations and those expectations were not met. And because of that, I was, I was more disappointed than anything else. So that's what I came away with. Okay, fair point. Um, me, I was initially disappointed. And then upon rewatching and just kind of contemplating and brooding a la Jon Snow style, I've come to the realization that this is the best outcome we could ask for as far as a happy ending. And I'm just going to be grateful that our fan favorites are still alive and well. And we'll just leave it at that. So, anyways, I don't know if some of our fan favorites are alive. Yeah, some. Yeah, 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 some. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) I would call you something right now, but we're trying to keep it PG 13. So let's get into the episode. (laughs) (laughs) It's getting turned on here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, my initial, like, the, the overall arc of this episode is. Who will sit on the Iron Throne? And my answer is no one. <laughs> like in my Alicia Keys voice, no one is on the Iron Throne. Um, the person that was elected essentially to be king of the now six kingdoms has been sitting all along. Um, <laughs> so we'll be. <laughs> Can I just say somebody on Twitter, it's so wrong to even repeat this, but somebody on Twitter said, man, I can't stand him. And then somebody replied, well, he can't stand. <laughs> oh, yes, oh, come that. on, guys. Come on. In, um, one of the live t- in one of my live tweets, it was like when I was declaring him king and then people were just, oh, that, that comment section was rough. I had to stay out of it. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> like, um, what yeah. was it? Not my king was trending on Twitter <laughs> last night. Oh my god, are you serious? Oh wow, it got real. <laughs> yeah, black Twitter, the ill get ya. Um, so <laughs> let's get into it. So, um, so we start off, we open up with Tyrion surveying the destruction of King's Landing. Um, so he's walking the streets. Um, John is following behind him. They all look absolutely horrified. Like it's it's complete. Like it's an apocalyptic. Like hell if that's the only way i could really describe it um it's very reminiscent of the bombings of hiroshima and nagasaki like all those pictures you saw in the textbooks you see these people wandering with these terrible burns across their body um you know bodies are littering the streets it's just it's not a good look for danny at all um so they eventually go separate ways Tyrion. um I didn't I didn't really think of this at first, but Tyrion's actually looking for his siblings um, to see if they got out. So he goes alone um, and then John also goes off wherever he's going. Uh, so we actually see John ends up. It looks like he's looking for Daniel, but he ends up coming across Grey Room um, executing Lannister soldiers that were loyal to Cersei. Oh, I'm sorry. So John actually walks into or runs into Grey Worm who is executing Lannister soldiers that were loyal to Cersei per Danny's orders. And so um John like pulls up and was like, hey, like the war is over. You don't need to do this. And I just love Grey Worm's face. Like he was giving me Ike Turner. Like, excuse me? 
Like you, t- <laughs> you gonna tell me to do what? <laughs> like this is my city. I run stuff around here. So um, it looks like they're all about to stand off against each other. Sir Davos kind of tells them to chill out, calm down. These men have already surrendered. They're literally on their knees. Why do they need to be killed? Let's show them some mercy. But in Daenerys' new or Daenerys, Daenerys' new world, there's no quarter. There's no mercy for anyone that serves Cersei. So they are executed um, despite Jon's wishes. This is one of those things where I think they take the term or the term uh, "ride or die" a little too hard. Like he really did not have to go through all of that. I understand he was hurt about um, Sande's death and everything else, but this right here. It, a whole nother level like he lost it personally at this point in time i was like all right gray worm and danny i like hate them Just i mean like, I, don't, I, I get what you're saying <laughs> alex i don't know i, I kind of understand why gray worm is this way first of all he's a member of the unsullied and that's you know that's what they do <laughs> like right. you know, they serve their queen till the death <laughs> Um, and as far as like Grey Worm is concerned, because he's a little bit more of a nuanced character, right, from the Unsullied. Like we don't know anything about these guys, um, unless or only through Grey Worm we know who who what kind of character that they have. And I think Grey Worm just didn't really have anything to lose at this point. He's lost everything, and uh, you know I can understand why he wants to go down this path. And and there's there's no feeling of any sort of remorse or anything like he's every his all is gone basically so i can understand why he's that way and and i'm not mad at him for that you know so yeah mm-hmm. yeah i agreed he's he's following orders that's what they do and it's it, he basically just seamlessly goes back to being an unsolid bot right, he doesn't have to right. feel he just kills so I'm not mad at it at all. Um, <laughs> so um, we end up going to tier, and I, I just want to mention this. So um, there's a lot of parallels between Danny's sacking of King's Landing versus uh, Tywin's sacking of King's Landing and Robert's Rebellion. The big difference here is that um, Robert was actually gave mercy to Aegon or not Aerys's Aerys's followers, um, like Barristan Selmy, who was the Lord Commander of the Kingsguard, he actually fought for the wrong side. But because he was such an honorable, such a great soldier, um, Robert decided to forgive him and actually took him into his um, service. Danny's not going with that approach. She's annihilating anyone that had anything to do with Cersei. She's basically killing everybody and starting over essentially in King's Landing. So just thought I'd point that out there. Um, She's basically, as much as she hated Robert, um, he may not have been the best king, but he was to a degree very merciful or at least smart about it, appearing merciful. Um, So we actually go to Tyrion. Um, He's back underneath the Red Keep. He notices, now he's small enough to get through all that rubble, unlike his siblings. So he um, gets to the rubble to the other side of where Jaime and Cersei were trapped. Um, He spots Jaime's golden hands. Um, You see, obviously, he's visibly upset. He starts actually taking the bricks off to see their bodies. And the first face we see is Cersei's. And that's when he actually starts to cry. Um, and I'm not sure if it's because he knows that Jamie was with her or if because he really does, he's really grieving for his sister. I mean, Cersei was an evil person, but I do think deep down that Jamie still loved her. Um, so he starts taking off more bricks and we see Jamie and Cersei together. And it, it kind of reminds me of um, 
of twins in the womb of twins in utero they were kind of in that same position except in mm-hmm. death um and then you know so Tyrion obviously is very very close to his brother and he weeps for him he starts like bashing the bricks around he clearly um if he didn't already have an issue with Danny he has it now that scene was actually really deep for me um I did appreciate how they carried that scene out. So, you know, the episode before, you know, when they're down there and then the bricks uh, fall on top of them, they die. I was like, uh, that's really how they went out. I expected a lot more. But when they followed up with this episode, like I said, definitely appreciated. Yeah. Now that you mentioned it about, um, I'm sorry, Ryan. Um, yeah. And now, now that you mentioned yeah. it about Cersei and Jamie being ahead, positioned ahead, like twins in, in their womb um, or in their mother's mm-hmm. womb, that's interesting. That's pretty poetic that that's how they died. They died as how they were born into the world. So I didn't even really get that picture in my head until now. And, and it makes me kind of appreciate that a little bit more because I'm I'm still a little bit salty about Cersei <laughs> not getting not getting a proper homicide. Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, that's good. Good looking out on that one. Proper homicide. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was that was deep. What what were you saying, Ryan? Uh, yeah, I was just gonna echo what you guys were saying because that, that kind of made me care a little bit more about Cersei and Jamie just to kind of see him break down, and it kind of gives you like a new angle because you're kind of like, okay, their story's wrapped, we're moving on. Especially Cersei, like you know, um, what Jamie was saying about like a different homicide kind of thing about her, but it just something in that moment makes you think a little bit differently when you just see him like over top crying, like, hey, his his brother and sister are gone. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it humanized them a little bit more, and um, now everyone could shut up about them being alive. <laughs> <laughs> it was clear as day; ain't nobody surviving that. Um, so that leads us to Danny, and I must say, Danny had an amazing entrance. Like I was just like, "Yes, <laughs> queen!" Yeah, and, like, I love it. <laughs> I loved it when Drogon like dropped her off essentially and she walked forward and he tar- he takes off and he spreads his wings. She was like being framed like a dark angel. Um, So I was loving this in the photography there. That was a beautiful shot. So props to that team. Um, But her grand entrance, even though it started off looking really nice, it kind of was giving me like Nazi vibes. Yeah. Like very, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like very yeah, like. They turned Danny up on this one. I was like, come on now. Yep. Like I could almost hear like the Sith Lord music, like dum 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 <laughs> dum, like, and then like the clones are out there. <laughs> it was it was bad. They were really playing up that imagery. Like she even had her banner hanging on the side of the um like the broken building. Um, so it was very much like world domination. Um, she didn't help at all with her speech. Uh, she basically quoted Drogon over again um she said thank you know she told the dothraki you killed the men in the iron suits and you brought down their stone houses um then she tells the unsullied they will liberate the world from tyrants i don't think she was talking about herself and <laughs> she makes <laughs> she makes gray worm the master of war um so it's not a, a speech of peace and prosperity it's literally we are going to rule the world from Dorn to Karth, from the north to the south, like she sounded very fascist-y. Um, <laughs> it was, it was not a. I mean, 
it, it almost seemed like she could have just made it into a victory speech, but she basically said like, we're not done. And to the displeasure of John watching, of Arya watching, of Tyrion watching, it just was very heavy handed. Um, so Tyrion kind of sneaks up on Danny. Uh, he confronts her, or Danny confronts him for freeing Jamie and committing treason. And Tyrion's like, okay, and and you basically killed an entire city, innocent children. Um, and he, with that, he kind of takes off his uh, badge, the badge of the hand of the queen, and he throws it. And Danny's like, all right, whatever, take him away. So he's arrested for treason um and they walk away you even see like the second he did that (laughs) danny had that little uh evil or mad twitch in her lip the second she uh, it hit the ground (laughs) that was epic you can see the hate in her eyes after that yes danny don't play um so you see john kind of looking at her she looks at john they're clearly not in a good place she walks away um with the rest of her guard and Tyrion. and then once again Arya sneaks up on somebody like you see like the it's like framed where you just see john's face and the camera pulls back and you see Arya standing there and she was not anywhere near them so i don't even know how she did that but anywho's um john just like hey why are you here and she explains like she was going to kill cersei but danny beat her to it and she basically reinforces what everyone's been telling John. She tells them that he is the rightful heir to the throne and that he will always be a threat to Danny. And she knows a killer when she sees one. Um, so John is kind of left to contemplate what to do about Danny. Yeah. Any thoughts? Yeah, that that's, that? that's when things got real. When Arya said that statement, I was just mm. like, okay, she's, Danny's not going to be around very much longer. You know, if it's either, and obviously the foreshadowing was very heavy in John's direction, but I was thinking that maybe Arya would be the one to to take her out after that statement. But yeah, it, it things got really real when she said that. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah I didn't like any of this at all. I was like, yeah, because it was basically like, it, I was set up like everybody against her pretty much. Yeah. And you just got like pretty much you got John just sitting over doing his his usual John thing where he's like teetering both mm-hmm. sides, but everybody else you pretty much knew. I was like that this is not good because it was just out to me it was even though she actually did uh you know with the with the fire and everything, but it, it made it to me it kind of felt like a setup a little bit where it was like we need to make sure everything points to hey she's in this dictator this dictatorship right now she's about to kill everybody yeah for sure is what it kind of seemed like to me yeah yeah the imagery the imagery there it was it was so heavy-handed you already know what they were trying to get to and um kind of like what i was speaking on last week where i was like kind of still team danny um i thought maybe after this that she would kind of calm down a little bit she didn't she just kind of poured it on so the last week you broke it down her history of how she, you know, how it was justified, why she was the way she was. So why would she change all of a sudden overnight? So, yeah, I mean, she killed her own fate the moment that that whole destruction of King's Landing happened. The Black Girl Nerds podcast will be back in just a moment. Scentbird. Have you ever had someone come up to you and say, you smell amazing. What perfume are you wearing? 
Whatever scent you may be wearing, you have good taste and you know what you like. You want to smell like royalty, right? We're talking about kings and queens on this podcast and you want to smell expensive. Well, with Scentbird, I have found a way that you can have the great taste, smell expensive, smell like a queen or a king, and you can mix up your fragrance routine without breaking the bank. Whether it's Tom Ford, Gucci, Versace, Scentbird.com keeps you smelling good month after month. I tried it myself. I absolutely love it. They come in these cute little black pouches that you can carry with you on the go. I use it as part of my routine in the morning. After I do my makeup, I go ahead and do a little spritz spritz here. They're great to use when you're traveling. And Scentbird has a very luxurious fragrance, and it's a subscription service for perfumes and colognes. That's what Scentbird is. So Scentbird is kind of like Netflix for perfumes. You can choose anything from Prada, Tom Ford, Versace, Dolce & Gabbana, Cartier, Gucci, Calvin Klein, so much more. Choose the perfume you want to try. They will send you a 30-day supply. That's 120 sprays, enough to apply more than four times daily a month. That's actually a really good deal. And if you're kind of like on the fence about it, you can check out user ratings and reviews on any fragrance, or you can take Scentbird's True Scent Quiz to discover more personalized recommendations for your taste. So, Jamie, you've told me all this information. What do I do with it? Okay, here's what you're going to do. Just for you, our listener right now here on the Black Girl Nerds podcast, we're going to give you 50% off of your first month today. That's right. You're going to get 50% off of your first order, which is only $7.50. So go to scentbird.com forward slash nerds and use my code nerds for 50% off. That's scentbird.com forward slash nerds. Use the code nerds, 50% off. And again, that's scentbird.com forward slash nerds for you to try your first perfume or cologne for only $7.50. Sign on and smell amazing. Yeah, that was just the beginning. I just wasn't expecting her to go all pinky on the brain on us. Like I just (laughs) was like... I thought, you know, she would be happy with her throne and Westeros is free and she would kind of rule and John would be her man and they would just kind of, I was hoping, live happily ever after. But I mean, Danny's a Targaryen through and through. It's fire and blood all the way. So, yeah, I was, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, I still stand, I still understand Danny, but I can also see the other side where it's like, oh, she's not going to be a just ruler. So she's going to roll with an iron fist. Um, so that actually kind of segues over to John and Tyrion having a conversation. Um, Tyrion's locked up, and Tyrion being Tyrion, when John walks in, he goes, "Did you bring wine?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "He's an alcoholic." Um, <laughs> so um, Tyrion knows his fate is sealed, and he kind of, kind of, basically says that Varys was right. He says, "You know when." when uh danny executes me various ashes are going to tell my ashes i told you so um and then he asks john because john is actually the only person that he knows that's died and come back from the dead so he's just like so what's on the other side for me and and john tells him nothing um so Tyrion kind of he's saying oblivion is the best he can hope for and he recounts all his sins he um he betrayed varies his closest Mm -hmm. friend he strangled shay 
he killed his father and he betrayed his queen. Um, but he would do it all again, knowing what he knows now. Um, he basically tells tells John that he was wrong. He picked the wrong side um, and that I guess it was vanity or it was foolish for him to think that he could counsel Danny. Um, so at this point, Tyrion goes to plan B. He tries to convince John to do the right thing. And John kind of, it's almost like they were um, expecting the audience's reaction with Danny's actions from last week because they basically break down everything we talked about last week. So John tries to justify what she did to a degree. He's like, I don't, I can't justify it, but she lost everybody. Her best friend was murdered. She lost Jorah. Um, she's been through so much. I can, un- she has all this power. She has this dragon. I can see how she snapped. And then Tyrion's like, yeah. And she's, I mean, she's been, she didn't just snap. She's been ruthless all along, but we were cheering for her. So it's almost like telling us, the audience, well, we're culpable of what Danny has done because up until this point, everyone that she's murdered has been an evil person or perceived to be an evil man. And now she's finally murdered innocents. Um, for the greater good, at least in her head, but it's still wrong. Um, so Tyrion tries to convince him to take her out and they have a conversation about love. He tells her, you're like, I know you love her, but love is more powerful than reason. Look at my brother. Look what he did. So John quotes his great uncle, Mr. Eamon. He says, love is the death of duty. And then Tyrion says, sometimes duty is the death of love, which foreshadows the very next scene. Um, so Danny's in the throne room. She approaches the throne. It's basically the same imagery as her vision from the house of the dead undying in season two. The roof is gone from the throne room. There's snow. And I'm going to say ash mixed everywhere. She actually at this point approaches the throne. She touches it. Unlike her vision. And she turns around. She's just about to sit down on the throne. And then she spots John. So she doesn't sit down. She goes to him and she looks all happy. It's all good in her head. Like she's like, hey, like we did it. We made it. Let's, you know, let's get, get past all this. Let's be a power couple. You know, I'm Beyonce, you Jay-Z. She tries to like play things up to him. And I think up until this point, John didn't know what he wanted to do. So he's talking to Daenerys. He's trying to reason with her. I think he's trying to find her humanity, trying to see if there's still the Danny that he loves in there somewhere. Um, so he talks to her and he asks her to forgive Tyrion, to like forgive the Lannisters and, and all the enemies, like show mercy. And uh, Danny's like, no, we can't show mercy in this new world. Um, and so he, she says like what she's doing is good and she wants Jon to be at her side to build this great new world. And John's like, well, how do you know that you're good? And she's just like, I just know. And he's like, well, what about the other people that think that they know what's good? And basically the next thing she says kind of seals her fate. She says um, they don't get to choose. So she's back to being a dictator. And John knows what he has to do. So, I mean, he kisses her. He tells her she'll be his queen always and forever. And you know he means it. And they kiss and you think in your mind, like, oh, they're making up. Everything is great. And then you hear... Uh, a dagger going through somebody's body and it's not John's body it's Danny and she kind of looks at him and you see like the innocent girl that she was back in season one ever so briefly and then she dies in his arms and everybody probably at home is like what the <laughs> like, <laughs> what just happened um, 
it was a lot. Um, and, and and once again, John has the worst of luck with women because Egret died the exact same way a couple seasons ago in John's arms. So you gotta um, keep sharp objects yeah. with him. Yeah, not only that, I don't know um, if this makes me creepy or not, but I actually rewound it just to make sure I heard the sound of the blade going through our heart one more time, just to sit there and savor it. Wow. Man, really? Okay. I was probably crying, so I didn't rewind it all, but you know, okay. I mean, I um what no, I'm really right. glad that they didn't do, because, you know, we, we're getting a lot of these metaphors and, and poetic moments throughout mm-hmm. this series. I'm glad that they didn't have her give last words to John, like just had her naturally die in his arms without saying anything. That mm-hmm. the moment was a lot more significant that way than had she said some, you know, I don't know. Poetic. Some <laughs> catchphrase. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> well, um, I, I'm glad that that's the way they decided. Yeah, it to was go and it was it was beautifully done, and um, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with um the prophecy of Azor Ahai, um, which is Essos's version of the prince that was promised. Um, the same thing happened. The same imagery is actually used if you Google Azor Ahai and showing how he killed his wife, um, Nisa Nisa, when he stabbed her through the heart with Lightbringer, it's the exact same imagery. And John is supposedly the reincarnation of Azora High. So um we kind of predicted uh last episode and a few episodes back that John would be the one to take Danny out. Um and I think it actually worked out better than it being Arya. Like I just don't feel like it would have been as emotional and as meaningful if a stranger killed her. I think it would have been better, you know, the person that loved her the most in the entire world. So yeah. yeah, I still don't agree, agree with it though. I mean, me personally, I want her to live, but that's what you mean. me too. But I kind of <laughs> like once I realized, I get it. I knew she was gonna die, but I was like, come, I, I, I still was thinking, I, you know, just everything her character has I been know. through. It just seemed like so, like, come on, you got to stab her. It just, I don't know. It just seemed like I was waiting for something else. I don't know. Yeah, it was really sad because she's gone through so much. She worked so hard to get to this point. And it's like, if only Danny hadn't lost Masanda, you know, if only Danny hadn't lost Yeah, Laura, I, yeah. Maybe she would have been in a different place because she would have listened to those people. Those people would have been in her corner. But unfortunately, she kind of chose madness. I think it I don't think I don't think Danny snapped. I think she gave in to her true nature. Um, so it's just really sad. Like she didn't get to sit on the throne, like, you know? <laughs> yeah, she like touched it, turned around. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. I was like, come on. And I know upon like rewatching the series, I'm gonna start I'm gonna do that like pretty soon, start watching it from the beginning. It's gonna mean like it's going to just play out so differently in my mind as I'm watching it, knowing like her ultimate fate. Um, so yeah. And then of course, because she has such a strong connection with Drogon, um, once once she's killed, Drogon's alerted to that. It's almost like their connection was severed and he felt it. So he goes to her. Um, he sees John over her body, John backs up, he nudges her with his nose. Like it just reminded me of Simba and the Lion King. <laughs> and he's like, Come on, mom, get up. Or yeah, come on, mom, come on. And she doesn't move. And then you think he's going to toast John. Like he looks at John and he starts to flare up. And I was like, Oh my god, John's gonna go too. <laughs> And instead, he melts the Iron Throne. And um, a lot of people don't realize that the dragons are extremely intelligent. They're magical creatures. And they might be able to speak, but they can think just as well as we can. Um, So, or at least 
because he can um his connection with Danny maybe he can empathize he's he can feel that the iron throne is what she was seeking and that's what got her killed so he burned that mother effort to the ground um and he takes Danny's body and he flies away with her never to be seen again um so poor Drogon's out here like little orphan Annie with nobody in the world (laughs) everybody he's ever loved is gone um, and I'm sure he's flying east. That's where we we last heard that he's out there flying east. Um, so hopefully he found a nice little spot for Danny's body. And that's the end of that. I just I'm a little confused at why Drogon did not kill John. I mean, I didn't want John to die, uh, but I just feel like that that would have naturally been the response to seeing his mother die, and he knew it was at the hands of John. Um, and then him breathing on to the Iron Throne and destroying it, I didn't understand what the significance there was either. So I was just a little confused at how that scene was handled. Um, I think it's because, as I said, that he has a connection. Like da- Daenerys had a connection with all the dragons, almost like a telepathic connection. And um, mm-hmm. dragons are very intelligent in this world. So whether he knew for sure he absolutely sensed that this throne is what she coveted most and if he's as smart as they're made out to be in the books he just kind of calculated this is why my mom is dead and he Mm. just destroyed the throne he was just like if she can't have it no one will um so that's why i think he went for the throne instead of john and i think also because he he to a degree he senses john's lineage i guess or he trusts john i'm not sure why drogon decided just to take out the throne and not john but i'm happy for it <laughs> i'm glad he's alive again yeah, yeah, i ain't gonna complain yeah. yeah no and i'm not complaining it just it just seemed bizarre yeah it just seemed like a bizarre um way to you know end that scene because i i would have just preferred the drogon just not see it and then that's how john survived but the fact that drogon had his chance to avenge his mother I, and he didn't do it I don't know that was just kind of bizarre to me but yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe unlike his mom he knows a little thing a little something about mercy I don't know <laughs> so, um, but yeah just um, just kind of touching on Danny breaking the wheel she did break the wheel um, she achieved her goal but the price was her death I um, mean, I will almost compare Danny to a. Tr- I wouldn't consider Danny a villain. I still don't think she's a villain. I think she's a tragic figure. Um, she had a misstep. Um, she's more so like a Julius Caesar to me. Um, you know, she was uh, she was stabbed just like him. Uh, so, you know, I- I'm still Team Danny. I just wish she hadn't gone that route. And as we stated before, there are so many factors that led to Danny's path. If this person didn't die if that person didn't die if john had only loved her you know maybe she would have been different towards the end um and when amelia clark learned that danny died she took a five-hour walk and she came (laughs) yeah Yeah, she came back with blisters like she just could not believe that danny was going to be killed um and she actually called her mom crying and she asked her mom if danny is a good person and if there's anything that will make her hate danny um, but ultimately, Dan- uh, Amelia Clark stands by Danny's decision. Um, she's a Targaryen, fire and blood. That's what she does. 
Um, and I kind of agree with that. And I, uh, as I stated, I don't think Danny will ever be a, a just ruler. Um, she was just too ruthless. She was too heavy handed. And um, without her advisors around her to reel her back in, she would never, she was never going to be a good ruler. Um, but she was, however, an excellent commander. Um, you know, she took the iron or took the iron throne essentially through fire and blood. So I feel like if you need someone to get the job done, call Danny. But as far as actually ruling and presiding over things without that team around her, she just wasn't it. Um, so, you know, she she was shaped by those loyal advisors. And if they were still in her corner, maybe this would be a different story. Uh, but that is not the case. Yeah, I think that was a little bit on them. Yeah, the advisors like I, I like how Tyrion and Varys like slowly dropped off after things started happening. Like, you know, I didn't tell her this or I didn't tell her to go over here and try to conquer this. They were kind of backing off like, oh, this was just all her that decided to make these plans and everything. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't have the dream team anymore. And and, and I think, um, as Tyrion said, it was vanity to think that they could reel her back in. Uh, Yeah. What what are your opinions on how Tyrion has been written this season? Because I just feel like throughout every season of this series, he's been able to outwit himself and at every turn in a situation and he was outwitted and luckily he survived but you know he he could have died and i was just wondering what you guys thought about the fact that he's kind of like lost mojo (laughs) i mean i think it's just the last couple seasons honestly Tyrion's been slipping um but i do think he to a degree redeemed himself he kind of fell into the background the last couple seasons i think it's part of some of the writing issues um but i do feel like Tyrion came around um which leads us to the dragon pit but i i I really can't say i think sometimes you you can't be on your a game all the time so my opinion Tyrion has been through a lot and if we like go back all the way from uh you know the beginning of the show and everything that he has done like it like i said he was always on point at this point in time the switch up, you know, him kept, uh, killing his father, then him going against the whole Lannister family, then seeking out Cersei and now becoming her hand, and then trying to deal with how the world, his world literally flipped upside down. It's a total opposite sides. I think he did handle himself well, and everything that did not go according to plan also did show him a bit of humility. And he did get to ponder that, think on that, even though he still made the wrong decision when uh, him and... Um, uh, Varys had the the chat. It, uh, right. I, I I I still love Tyrion, and I don't like saying anything negative about him. But like I said, I can understand why his character was finally written that way, and I think it does um, add a special touch to how everything ended. And he did survive. So at the end of the day, he did survive. He did end up being the hand of the king again. Everything came full circle. But in all his trials and tribulations up until now. He is going to help Bran usher in this new world and make sure that everything that's happened in the past stays in the past and the wheel does stay broken. All right. I actually agree with you on this one. Let's go. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that actually kind of leads us to Tyrion. Um, he's, uh, it's clear a couple weeks have gone by. Um, John has been imprisoned for his crime. Tyrion obviously was imprisoned for betraying Danny. Um, he's brought into the dragon pit before, it looks like, all the leaders of the great houses. Um, and they're to determine his fate and John's. Uh, Grey Worm 
is not a happy camper. Uh, he was supposed to bring John before them as well. Grand Room's like, that's my prisoner. This is our city. I'm going to do what I want. So what are y'all about to do about him? Like he, <laughs> he was in his feelings. Um, you know, Danny liberated him. She gave him everything he has. So it's understandable why he's not too happy with John. Um, so uh, they end up actually coming to a compromise because John committed his crime in King's Landing. It's up to the new king or queen of King's Landing to decide his fate. And Greyworn resigns himself to that decision. So they start, you know, saying like, who's going to be it? And, um, Edmure Tully, arrogant as ever, you would think being in the dungeons of the twins, he would, you know, humble himself a little bit. But nope, he stands up, gives his little speech talking about how he's a decorated soldier and blah, 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 blah. And <laughs> Sansa literally tells him to, to have a seat, like have several seats, uncle. Sit down. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Yeah, I was like, why is he even trying right Just now? Sit Just down. sit down. <laughs> you're like, you're lucky you even got invited to this. Sit chill behind down. Yep. Um, and then side note, Robin Aaron with the glow up. <laughs> like, did y'all see that? Yeah, I was like, Robin Aaron. Oh my gosh, she's all grown up. Bro, <laughs> looking like a little snack out in these streets. <laughs> Alex is over here rolling his eyes. Okay, I see you, young boy. Um, <laughs> ultimate glow up of the series. Um, guess that breast milk did him well. Uh, <laughs> it did breastfeed your children. Breastfeed them. Um, let me get back, let me get back to the point. Sorry, y'all. Uh, so Sam has a cute little moment too. Sam proposes that the new leader is elected by the people, and Westeros is just not ready for all that. They laugh him off the stage. Essentially, they're just like, "What? Like who does that? Like you gonna let the dogs vote too?" Um, so they eventually come to a compromise. The new leader will be decided by the leaders of the great houses. And the person that Tyrion proposes is Bran. Now, plot twist. No one was expecting Bran to be sitting on the Iron Throne or I guess sitting in his wheelchair in the throne room. Um, but <laughs> and then I feel like. I feel like Bran's been trolling us this whole time. Cause like um, when Tyrion asked him, like, will you wear the crown? And Bran's like, yeah, why do you think I came down here? Like what? Like, <laughs> I know. Where has like, he even been? I'm just trying to say, where's Bran even been? Trying at? to stay alive so he can become the king. <laughs> Not only that, it was just a few episodes where they like asked him what he wants. And he was like, I want for nothing. So you want for nothing few episodes. Yeah. And then he was like, yeah, why am I here for my crown? Obviously. <laughs> He played the Game of Thrones. Yes. <laughs> he played his cards right, and yeah, with that old three yes, hour even miss. Yes, and I think I think I love my favorite tweet was um them saying like when you don't do anything in the group project where you still get an A. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what he did. Yep. I mean, he gave, people really like to make out Bran like he's useless. He really isn't. Like, Bran's been through a lot. He gave them a lot of useful information. He is, you know, the guy in the control room. He's not the superhero. So um, let's give Bran a little bit of credit. Bran the Broken. And first of all, that title is disrespectful. <laughs> 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 
it, y'all yeah, could have came yeah. up with a better title than that. But then I thought about it, and I'm like, well, Ivar the Boneless was a very um, fearless, very uh, popular leader in you know Viking culture, Viking lore, and he couldn't walk either. So there you have it. He's in good company. Um, and I almost want to compare. Um, brands like Gerald Ford, you know, the president before Gerald Ford was Richard Nixon will compare Cersei to, to him. Um, and Gerald Ford was just like that good guy, level headed, quiet. Um, he was what was needed at the time. So I do feel like Brand was a good choice, despite the fact that no one was expecting it. He's all knowing. He's all seeing. Um, he has knowledge of all the previous kings of the of the seven kingdoms. Um, he can see a little bit of the future. He's he has no emotions, so he's not going to make any rash decisions. And he made Tyrion his hand. Uh, so, I mean, I feel like he's a fair choice. What do you guys think? There was a tweet that was one of my favorite tweets of the night. Someone said, hold up. So Bran's non-communicative <laughs> riddle speaking ass is going to be the king. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just, I would have preferred Tyrion. Right to be the king quite frankly um that that's what i was gunning for once we got the news about what john's fate was going right. to be but um yeah i i don't know an emo king is that are, are we really gonna... <laughs> no emotions period <laughs> and and that, that could probably work as far as temperament yes. goes right like it's highly unlikely that he's just going to start a mm-hmm. war based on his feelings being hurt but I just don't know. Like you need a leader that can communicate with the people that the people can sort of, you know, empathize mm. with, connect with. And he's not, he's not <laughs> that dude. John Snow is that dude, well, you know? Yeah, well, that's why he named Tyrion his hand. Tyrion is, a, is definitely a people person, so. Yeah. But the look on Tyrion's face, though, was priceless. When he asked him to be the hand. Yeah, no, 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 no. Don't put me in this predicament again. But here's my uh, whole take on Bran. Bran is like a rolling cheat code. He has access to all of the past and can see bits of uh, the future. So as long as he can always do that, he's not going to be the face, the public face, you know, to the entire kingdom. Tyrion is. So he's going to tell Tyrion his little riddle stuff, go roll off into the distance again and go (laughs) warg something. And Tyrion is going to handle all the business. So with that being said, I do think the six kingdoms are in good hands now. Yeah, I guess it's going to be kind of like that relationship that Ares had with Tywin and yeah. where Tywin was kind of like the one that was holding it down and really ruling right. things. So I guess if you look at it from that perspective, I understand, but I'm still in my feelings <laughs> about it. First of all, John should have been on that damn Iron Throne, but... Um, yeah, yeah, like father, like son. Um, one good thing that came out of this, Sansa, she didn't even vote. She was like, uh-uh, um, mm, let me get that north, though. Like, what about the north? <laughs> and because her brother is, you know, the new king, he grants Sansa's wish. She is now ruler of the independent kingdom of the north. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Upgrade and that upgrade. picnic table yeah. was upgraded too. She got a throne. She got a real throne. So <laughs> I was happy about it. Um, and of course we know John's fate was uh he was basically sent back to the Night's Watch. And at the time I was in my feelings. I'm like, really? After all of yeah. this, he gets demoted back to where he like he got put back on fries, like he goes back to where he came from. <laughs> 
back to season one, back to being the bastard, the outlier. Like, are you like, kidding me? Like, I was upset, but that was the only compromise. If they gave him to the Unsullied, it would cause war. If they let him go free, it would cause war. So the best option is send him into exile. Um, so we'll touch on that in a bit, but let's kind of focus on the small council and all the promotions that happen. Um, so we have a small council dream team. We have Brienne as Lord Commander of the Kingsguard. And I just love the moment where she opens that white book of the Kingsguard and she writes out all of Jamie's good deeds. Like I was expecting her to do like a burn book. Like this guy is the fugliest. <laughs> <laughs> and he's trash in bed um but she didn't no she wouldn't write that uh-uh she was yeah, whipped she didn't he basically was like <laughs> yeah she was outside in the road all his yeah, great deeds she basically thing. flipped everything she was just like he got captured at the whispering woods but he was set free by Catelyn stark and he honored his his duty to the stark sisters by reuniting them with brienne and um you know, he fought valiantly at River Run. Um, there was no casualties. He went to the north and decided to fight for the, the living. And he went south to save his sister and save the kingdom. He died protecting his queen. So she put a nice little spin on everything that Jamie did. Um, and I, I guess to a degree, he did do those things. So we'll give him that credit. And it was actually that was the only moment in the episode where I kind of like teared up a little bit. I was just like, oh, Brian still love her boo. Yeah. So <laughs> she wasn't mad at him. So that was a great moment. And then um, other promotions. Um, Podrick is moved up to Sir Pod. Ow. Give it up to our boy. He is now part of the King's Guard <laughs> along with Brienne. Um, Sam is Grand Maester. And he had actually, he wrote a book. He helped write a book called A Song in Ice and Fire. That's a little nod to George R.R. R. Martin, who actually says he is most like Sam. Um, so that was a cute little moment. Bran, give it up. I mean, not Bran, Braun. Give it up for Braun. He finally got his castle, y'all. <laughs> now nah, I'm gonna do a little side eye on Braun. He out here. He's talking about let's build all the brothels up. Yeah, he, he hustled his yeah. way into that position though. Respect right. him on that. He did yeah. respect, respect. He's now um Lord of High Garden, Lord of the Reach, and Master of Coin. Davos got to upgrade too. He is no longer Sir Davos. He is Lord Davos, and he is now the Lord and Master of Ships, and also the Master of Grammar. Notice how he corrects Braun when he says uh. It was it was like eight or nobody, and he was like no one. Uh, so he's taking a bit after Stannis. Uh huh. Um, and then you know, Grey Worm, he was named Master of War, but Grey Worm wants no parts of Westeros. He's going out there to be on the beaches of Noth, just as he promised his longtime boo Masande. It's just sad that she can't join him. Um, so yeah, that that's basically all the promotions. And I actually love that small council scene. Um, they're talking about building ships and they're asking Bron for food to replenish the people. Bron's like, Yeah, but let's how about these brothels? You know what I'm saying? Let's build those up first. And then Brian's like, Well, I think ships take over, you know, take precedence over brothels. It was cute. And then um I think uh Tyrion gives that little joke that we've never heard the end of. Um, he brought a honeycomb and a donkey into a brothel. We like we never know what the joke is. Um, so they kind of close on that little chapter, and I, I think it was wonderfully done. Um, but overall, overarching theme here, um, the the ending that people weren't very happy about. But this is what I take away from it. 
the Starks won. Like at the end of the day, this story started with the Starks. The Starks right. won. Um, they're all all the remaining Starks are still alive and well. Bran the Broken is now first of his name, King of the Andals and the First Men, Protector of the Realm, and King of the Six Kingdoms. Um, and if you think about it, um, maybe George intended for Bran to be king all along. He is the very first POV chapter in the very first book of A Song of Ice and Fire. Um, so Bran's at the top there. Or sorry, Bran, Bran, all these names. Bran. Um, Sansa's Queen of the North with the upgraded picnic table. Um, Arya is now captain of her own destiny. She's off to explore the unknown world in the name of House Stark. And I just love seeing that big giant cell with a Stark sigil over top of it. So she's out there doing her thing. And um, Gendry's in his room playing Drake. Uh (laughs) 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 Um, And then that leads us to John Um, and John's banishment to the Night's Watch. I initially was crushed. I was just not happy with it. I considered it a demotion. Um, But honestly, the North is where he belongs. Um, John never wanted to rule. And now amongst the Whitelings, um, he's free. He he doesn't have any pressure to be a leader. Um, They accept him as he is. Um, And so John is literally the song of ice and fire. This whole saga is about him. And he ends the story. Um, The blood of the Starks and the blood of the Tarkarians flowed through his veins. A lot of people were upset that um, John's lineage really wasn't brought to the public quote-unquote while he wasn't considered a contender for the iron throne despite the fact that he was the rightful heir um and they're like well what was the point of even telling us about john's lineage and i feel like john fulfilled his destiny um because of his blood the stark and targaryen blood um he is the shield that guards the realm of men he fulfilled his destiny um i really do think he was the reincarnation of azor high and the prince that was promised his father predicted that his third child would be the prince that was promised and he was to save the world and john did that twice over he helped in a long night by de- helping defeat the uh, army of the dead and ultimately he killed Danny in order to save the world so no he didn't have this big grandiose ending that everyone would expect but it's game of thrones this is the best that you'll get um and so he was sent to the night's watch and what is the night's watch anymore there's uh there's no wildlings to fight against because they're all peaceful with each other there's a peace amongst the free folk there's no white walkers they're all been eliminated um so Tyrion says it'll be a place for bastards and broken things. But in the last shot of the episode, we see um, initially when he gets to Castle Black, we finally we see Tormund waiting for him and he gets his moment with Ghost. Finally, so people can shut up about that. Um, <laughs> he petted Ghost. Um, they go beyond the wall. And you see initially when he's there, there's a bunch of brothers in black. But when he leaves, he looks back one last time. It seems like he's saying goodbyes to the wall. And he's the only person in black among all these wildlings. Um, So I'm not sure if his exile was really meant for him to go to the Night's Watch. I think it was a way to get him out of out of Grey Worm's mind, out of the Ancelli's mind, to let him go free up north. So in my mind, um, at the end of the story, John was like the king beyond the wall. Um, and we end where we began. Um, the first scene of the first episode was at the wall, beyond the wall. And we end the same way. They're beyond the wall. And so that is uh, the end of Game of Thrones. I really love Tormund's expression on his face when he first saw John. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing here, bro? Um, but I don't know. I, I think the only hopeful thing for me, even though 
that was beautiful the way you described it, by the way, Angelica. That was great. I still don't like that ending, but um, <laughs> I think the only hopeful thing for me with this ending is knowing that <laughs> maybe there is a small sliver of hope that Tormund and Brian will be a thing. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, he go get the girl now. Um, well, I'd hate to burst your. I hate to burst Uh-oh. Your... Uh-oh. I'm going to burst your bubble, Danny. I mean, Danny, Jamie. <laughs> Danny's on my mind. I'm going to burst your bubble. The The Kingsguard can't take wives, husbands, or have children. So. Oh, my yeah. That's right. That's right. So, you know, Tormund's going to have to find himself a tall lady up north. He likes giants. Aww. They're out there. Yeah. Um, and also, another <laughs> another point. Um, John is the great nephew of Aemon Targaryen who was also the rightful heir to the Iron Throne, and he gave up his throne for his brother to rule, and he decided to serve. That's the same thing that John did. So he's very much like his family. Um, so I'm just trying to be as positive as possible <laughs> because this is 10 years of my life, eight seasons invested in these characters. And I mean, like I said, the Starks end up being on top. Almost every one of them is a ruler of something. Sansa is a ruler of the North. Bran rules the six kingdoms. You know, I feel like Arya is going to be, you know, queen of the sea and John's king beyond the walls. So like, what more can you ask for? Yeah, John's ending, it's a very noble one. I am I am very happy. Now, I have to say, when I first watched the episode, you know, I was on Twitter, Black Twitter, Facebook, everything, and I was also texting Angelica, and I was like, yo, <laughs> I am heated right now. This is horrible. But after she broke it down like she did this entire podcast, I was like, okay, now I get it. Now I understand certain aspects and so forth. Now, with all that being said, the thing that I'm most excited about is Arya. Now, if they make a spinoff show with Arya going on her adventures, <laughs> then I'll renew my HBO subscription and then I'll be right oh, back in go. it. And I'll waste all my years <laughs> of life and everything on that. <laughs> but Arya is my favorite character. I am happy how, um, you know, hers ended. And like she said, you know, the Starks ended up at um, on top. So given Game of Thrones and how in the past they ruined everything for you and always like tugged on the wrong emotions, they did finally end it on a positive note, which is great. Yeah. Jamie Ryan, your thoughts? Um, yeah, I think I, I think Sansa and Arya to me were the two characters where I could see it from beginning to end with both their characters. Like I could see where they kind of ended up. Everybody else was a true like you have to be on the Game of Thrones ride to figure out where they're going with it, like to see what theories they were gonna go with. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think you have to look at the positive side of it. You just got to kind of submerge yourself or whatever they're going to give you because it, it has been like a, a really cool journey to last. And I'm still going to miss Danny. I still think I would have liked to see her at the end. All right, pizza, my boo. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I think they, I, you know, I have to give the creators, uh, their due. Cause I don't think it's easy to come with like to have this many characters mm-hmm. and to have to go to places that you have to go with them. Yeah. So I would I would say I wasn't angry. I wasn't angry at the end. I think there was like they had to do what they had to do to, to get it where it was. And you know, John is like he looked happy. You know, not his usual like wandering <laughs> off. Like, what is he going to do next thing? So, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I mean, I I wanted something different, but listen, it's not about what I want. It's what's best for the show. Uh, the way you broke that down, it does kind of help me put things in perspective and understanding. Okay, well, you know he is now the king behind the wall or beyond the wall. I really like the fact that 
how Stark did win. I've always been how Stark from the beginning. And like you said before, we started with this family and I like how we wrapped the series finale with this family and that they all have gone their separate ways and each have been promoted in their own right. So I think that's really cool. Um, I, I would have liked a better fate for Danny. I, I really would have liked her to not go so crazy to where she had to unfortunately, um, you know, have to die because of her actions. But at the same time, I do understand that given her history, but I just felt like they should have gone down another path, especially not to kind of throw the gender card here, but especially since they did so well with promoting women um, in these leadership roles and right. to kind of do that for Danny's character. I just felt like you guys come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of thought better. that would have been a good opportunity for them to like go with that a little bit further. Yeah. 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 So uh, just a little disappointed with that, but you know, overall, like I'm not one of those people that are like, I hate this show. <laughs> I'm canceling my subscription. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like I, I'm just more like, you know, meh, it, it could have been better, but you know, yeah, I, I'll accept being a little harder. Why don't you? Whatever. What'd you say? He said you came. You're coming for him because he hates. He hates Game of Thrones. <laughs> Alex, what what was it? Because I actually didn't um follow. What was it specifically that made you upset? Was it who ended up being the king? Was it Danny? What was it that so got you off the ledge? <laughs> For the, it was the entire journey. So, you know, we started off with uh, with Danny beginning, you know, the Starks and everybody. And then all like, again, the trials and tribulations built them up all the hardships and then they paint them in this glorious light. Then literally snap at a finger like uh, what the, the third season, which was on um, which? No, not the third season. Which episode was um the the White Walkers, the war against the White Walkers? That was the episode second or third three. episode three. And then episode four was like, okay. And then five, it just completely switched. Like, yeah, it got rushed. That's the thing. It went from building these characters up and then with a snap of the finger, one episode, you just hate all of them. And it diminished all the love, all the growing that we've done with these characters. It was like kind of unrealistic. That's one of the reasons why I, I just couldn't take it. Like, even though it is Game of Thrones, this was still, it wasn't up to par for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think most people will be will be divided, especially on Danny's turn. Um, I'm on the side of things where it's like it basically if you go back and rewatch, they've been hinting all along. So her ruthlessness and you know, the fact that she went quote unquote mad makes sense. And there are people that feel like it was rushed. Um, and that just because there was foreshadowing yeah. doesn't mean that was good character development. So you're you're gonna be split down the middle when it comes to that. So I mean I was okay with it. Alex clearly is not. Um, and yeah, <laughs> uh, I just want to add too that literally for like the last decade, I've been crushing hard on Danny. So it's kind of <laughs> like my heart was broken after this. He was like, I, I loved you so much. How can you do this to me? <laughs> yeah, I mean, she, she was the cool element though, like the right. dragons and everything. That was one of the reasons I started watching. Yeah, it was kind of hard to see that just be like, oh, well, you know, we'll just find Drogon whenever we find him. You know, he's just he's sad somewhere yeah. floating off. Um, yeah. But I mean, they couldn't. I guess they couldn't put mm. both of them on the throne like everybody wanted. I guess you couldn't have yeah, Danny couldn't and have, John. I, I knew that you couldn't have both. It was going to be one or the other. And John already died once, so it's like the logical yeah, choice would be Danny. 
Um, and speaking of Drogon, I actually did anyone catch the hint where um they're looking for Drogon? They're like, oh, we last saw him go east, and then Bran goes, maybe I can find him. Like I'm just like, ooh, it's gonna work into him. <laughs> um, so that was my little fan favorite moment. But um, you know, overall, I'm satisfied with the series. There, despite all its flaws, the plot holes, you know, people what people say is bad writing. You try writing a show this immense yourself. Um, I feel like it was amazingly done um you know this season might not have been the best um but they were working off script they weren't working off of george's books anymore they got the broad stroke so george gave them the the actual ending um where everyone's going to end up he didn't say how so that was up to the writers but overall there's nothing else like game of thrones on television period you will never like this is a cultural phenomenon that's ended we will never see it's like again um and i know they're coming out with um blood moon next year which is the game of thrones prequel but i don't feel like anything's going to touch on the magic of this series um and i'm really going to miss the live tweets and black twitter coming together and just the water cooler conversations at work or texting your friends in the middle of the night like oh my god did you see the episode and having to you know call out of work because you're depressed at a character die like i'm gonna miss all of that um so despite the fact that the se- this season wasn't up to par in half of the audience's standards i'm very happy with it and i will always love this show yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the documentary oh, yeah. that they have coming out. I wonder if they're going to reveal some stuff that people yeah, are thinking about. Yeah, we still have that. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, I don't think it's going to be an exciting live tweet to live tweet a documentary. Um, yeah, I will tweet that, yeah. But I, I'm hoping it'll drop like some, maybe it'll drop some hints that make, I don't know. I guess you can never, everybody's still probably like half right. people going to be mad, half people going to be cool with it. But I just wondered if they would drop like some, you know, kind of notes or stuff that they maybe we're thinking about or some of the care, you know, some of the things that are missing from having to get right, the season right. done yeah, quickly, I guess. I agree. But yeah, I'm, I look forward to it. Um, so yeah, um, let's get into our very last uh, fan reactions and questions. Lots of reactions. Um, clearly, as I said, not my president was, or not my King was <laughs> <laughs> trending on Twitter. So people weren't happy with brand. Um, I, I do like this particular person's observation on John. Um, Arlene at Arlene 4838745. She says, does anyone feel like John got the Hunger Games treatment? Like Katniss murdered the recognized leader, then gets cast out and lives happily ever after while the rest of the world runs smoothly. I'm a nerd. What can I say? Yeah. If you like really think about it, Katniss did the exact same thing. She killed the leader and then she was imprisoned and then they exiled her. Same thing as John. So I agree with that statement what do you guys think hmm. yeah that's cool. yeah. Hunger games. I can see that Hunger games, yeah never thought about that that correlation but yeah that's true. Um, that's true let me see if i can pull up another one let me go into the brand tweets because people were in their feelings <laughs> like let, let me just go in on that real quick let me hit hit this twitter account right quick one second guys where is it? I tweeted a lot last night. All right. So we we already said um it was Monsherry83 at C West underscore Inc. that said, I can't stand him. And then he who was called D at BR0 KNB said, Well, he can't stand either. But um douche <laughs> was the <laughs> was the tweet. Um and then um 
basically just, just people complaining about Bran. Um, that's really across the board. That's not my king. Um, one person nameless at jcordero218 said, I love this ending. Bran is perfect. Knowledge over any everything is key. Um, and then people, some people do concur with that statement. So across the board, um, Bran was not a popular choice, but I, I do feel in the end he was the best choice. Um, outside of John, I think he was the best choice. So yeah, um, that wraps our final episode. Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? <laughs> I know, like, and, and that's how I just feel like in general, like, what am I going to live tweet next Sunday? What am I going <laughs> to do next Sunday? Um, and, and doing this podcast with you guys have been such a blast. Um, yeah. Angelica, thank you for your hard work and the breakdowns because girl you be digging into the details and then going outside of the show getting more backstory behind how these uh episodes are constructed so thank you so much thank you ryan and alex for your excellent commentary this has been such a fun show to produce and put out and we've got so many great fans and followers that love listening to the show and i really want to do more with uh with the recaps and, or just yeah. shows in general. Cause um, you know, our, our followers and fans love that stuff. So, yeah. Um, oh, you know what I think, Jamie, you know what we could do? I mean, this might be a lot, but um, maybe perhaps doing a rewatch and like breaking down every, I mean, it seems like a lot, but maybe like a season <laughs> at a time. I don't know. We could do that. Oh yeah. Like a recap recap. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> a recap of the recap. <laughs> going meta on you guys now. Um, yeah, I'm. I love Game of Thrones, and and I need something to kind of fill that gap before we get to the prequel. Um, yeah. So that, and also, it would probably be good to do that as a refresher before the yeah. prequel begins, because um, I'm sure there's going to be Easter eggs uh, everywhere. That, yeah, everywhere. And people are going to have to rewatch to kind of figure out where those eggs are. But yeah, yeah, I'm definitely down for it. I, I think it's a great idea. Um, and I just wanted to add, like, I've been live tweeting Game of Thrones, uh, I think since season three. And mm-hmm. um, it's just been a blast, like live tweeting this show over the years. And Game of Thrones is by far the only show that gets so many people especially on black twitter excited Mm -hmm. and i've never and i've live tweeted several shows as you guys know that have been listening to bgn throughout the years and never have i had such a huge response from tweet and engagement as i have with game of thrones so it's it's going to be interesting to see like okay what's going to be the next (laughs) cultural digital cultural phenomenon of a show because you know the, the other shows that are out there it's just not the same impact that Game of Thrones has. Yeah, agreed. And just like I, um, you know, we both live tweet for BGN and like I will literally make a tweet and on a different show, maybe I'll get like 100 likes, like 50 retweets. Game of Thrones, I think I've gotten up to 25K likes. Like people yeah. love <laughs> the show, like, yeah. a qu- like a quarter of a million. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I hope maybe that the prequel will have such a huge following just because I just it's like it, nothing is better than Game of Thrones Sunday 
Um, so I, I really look forward to next year and hoping that it recaps. Yeah, that's going to be tough for them, though. I'm excited, though, to see what they do because they, they're they still trying to do like like three different ones, right? Like three different kind of spinouts. So that's going to be, man, that's like yeah. a lot. But yeah, I, I'm excited to see because I feel like they have to keep it going somehow. Like people are still going to want something. So yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah that, that money train. Yeah, money so train that'd be cool to, yeah, to see what they come up with. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely want to essentially, you know, put this out in airwaves, say thank you to the entire cast of Game of Thrones, the directors, the producers, the set designers, like cinematographers, everybody involved. It was it was beautifully done. Um, and I, I don't care what people feel about it. They did an amazing job. I don't think anyone else could have done it. Um, so I just want to thank them for these last eight years of amazingness. And we forgive you to the script supervisor that forgot to take that. And the water bottle. (laughs) And the water bottle, too. (laughs) Two water bottles. Sir Davos and um, I know it was was two. And Sam. Like, two years we waited, and then you guys make this many mistakes. They were thirsty in the same They were thirsty. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, this has been great. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Thanks a lot, Jamie. I appreciate it. Black Girl Nerds, this this is awesome. I love this. <laughs> yeah, thank you, guys. You don't find this kind of spin on Game of Thrones. Let me just tell you, when you're doing that water cooler talk, you're not going to find that that you find on um, BGN. So this has been great. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And stay tuned for new stuff from us coming up soon. And we appreciate you listening in. Talk to you later. Bye.